Ayo, what's up guys? Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of the NBN Fantasy Football Podcast where I talk everything fantasy football to get you guys to that fantasy football championship at the end of the year. Uh, Sorry this episode is coming a little late. I've had a a lot of things I had to do today. Um, Had the presidential debate, watched that. Uh, We won't get into that, that's politics. This is not a politics podcast. This is a fantasy football podcast, so we'll not get into that. We got a pretty good show coming up for you guys. Um, I'm going to start off by uh, recapping the week of week three, uh, starting off with the Falcons, Bills, Vikings, Titans, Giants, Jets, all you can all you can think of, all what happened to the good, what happened to the bad, and all the in-between. So next, I'm going to talk about how my picks did. Uh, I gave my picks for comeback season and the back of the mind. Guys to keep in mind, obviously. Uh, I'm going to give you a recap of my teams, how I did, what happened to them. And then I'm going to do the usual Tuesday segments of cash and trash, deuce of the week, and stop the cap. While ending the show on some waiver pickups for Wednesday uh, it might be a little late, but anyway, if, uh, maybe not waivers, but if uh, free agency hits uh, and some guys weren't taken, you could get to them after the fact of waivers. So that's my show. Let's get started. So to start off the recap, where better to start off than, jeez, oh, the Atlanta Falcons. Man, after that terrible, terrible loss to the Dallas Cowboys in Week 2, after they absolutely blew it in the fourth quarter and the onside kick, um, you would think they would come back, play, keep their heads up, play harder, know what they did wrong, play better, and they didn't. They played the exact same way against the Chicago Bears, and they choked. Again, they were up 26 to 10, I believe, going into the third or fourth quarter, sometime at half. They uh, managed to knock Mitch Trubisky out of the game, bringing Nick Foles, and that really turned the tides. He had like three touchdowns, something like that, and he brought them all the way back to uh, take the lead, get the victory to at a point where no one thought. It was possible. And then once they started scoring, you realize that are the Falcons really going to do it two weeks in a row? And to answer that question, yes. Yes, they will. So I don't know what this means for the Falcons going forward. Uh, They probably got a tough schedule coming up. I mean, you got to think, at what point does Dan Quinn get blamed for this? Because it's your job as the head coach to not make sure this happens multiple weeks let alone at all but for multiple weeks I think Dan Quinn is a pretty I thought Dan Quinn was a good coach like I thought like the defense is always hurt they they always make their their strongest point of the team is on offense that's what they do the best and clearly their offense wasn't a problem it's their defense their defense is always hurt there's not really any good players left. They have Keanu Neal. Uh, I'm not sure if he's hurt or not. I think he might be. Uh, Desmond Trufant's still there. I can't imagine he's really any good anymore. He was a couple of years ago. 
Uh, Vic Beasley's no longer there. Uh, I know they have Grady Jarrett still, but even still, Deion Jones is all right. But that defense is absolutely getting lit to shreds. And fantasy tip, if you have any team that is playing the Atlanta Falcons, you might want to start them in fantasy because chances are they will do really good because the Falcons' defense is a whopping sack of dog turds. Yeah, I said it. So, tough on the Falcons. Uh, once again, you got to think of Dan Quinn. He's the defensive specialist head coach. So, when does he get fired? Is his seat hotter than it was before, if if it was hot at all? That's the kind of things you got to think about um, going forward. They play Green Bay on Monday night in Green Bay, so you can't imagine that's going to be a nice matchup for them after Green Bay got got not not destroyed, but I would say they had a pretty bad game against the Saints. Kamara ran all over them in that long sequence. So, yep, the Falcons are the Monday night game against at Green Bay. So, it's time to prove that they're better than this on national TV and it's not going to be easy. So moving on to another team that in fact did choke almost, they kind of did choke in a way the Buffalo bills playing the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. They almost choked. They were up by a hefty, hefty amount in the second half and they did blow it, but then they came, they, excuse me, they came back, in the fourth quarter at the last minute to uh, win the game on a two-minute drive. Scoring a touchdown at the end of the game, it was Tyler Croft, former Cincinnati Bengals legend. Nah, what a, it's whatever. But, uh, yeah, the Bills almost choked. Josh Allen was insane again. Man, he's he's unreal. I can't even believe it. I thought he was just a decent quarterback, but man, he's really taken that next step in his third year. Another thing that also happened this week, it didn't really surface until Tuesday. Uh, the coronavirus scare with the Tennessee Titans and Minnesota Vikings that just happened over the weekend. So the Tennessee Titans players, uh, I think it was eight of them were, they got tested positive for COVID-19. And so that led the Titans to shut down their facilities for the rest of the week. Uh, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. The game is on track to be played as of now, but I don't know how good lats look in, especially if people have to test po test negative two times in a row in a span of two, three days, and they still have to practice uh, all that is going to be done at home, I think. And I, I'm pretty sure someone on Minnesota got something with Corona. I'm not too sure with the Vikings standpoint, but you got to think the Vikings played the Titans on Sunday. So maybe someone in their facility has it or not. That's hopefully this doesn't get to a huge spread and then everything has to be shut down. Football gets canceled for the rest of the year because I don't want football to get canceled for the rest of the year, and I know you don't either. So hopefully this whole thing gets figured out, and it will be all right. So now I want to go into a discussion, and it's a discussion that I don't want to have because it involves my New York Jets, but who's going to win first, the Giants or the Jets? Because both these teams are beyond pathetic in every facet of the game. 
I can only understand the Giants being a little better than the Jets based on coaching and probably a little bit more talent. Well, when you remove Saquon, then that's a different discussion. But the 49ers are going to like sweep the New York teams. And it's not even funny. It's like the I, I saw a tweet the other day on Sunday that said the 49ers are going to have the most wins at MetLife Stadium this year. And honestly, it's probably true because the Jets are going to go 0-16 if they have this goofball as their coach. But um, I, 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 can't, I can't even start. I, I have nowhere to begin with this guy. I've been following the Jets since I was probably around 7. Once I grew up a little more, I started to understand it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until – Probably when I was like 15, 16, I started to like realize, all right, I know kind of what's going on here. And this is the worst head coach probably in the history of the entire NFL. Absolutely schmeezed his way. Yeah, schmeezed, new word, word of the day. His way into the starting job because the idiot owners of the New York Jets, the Johnsons, Christopher Johnson in particular, hired this guy because of Peyton Manning in which uh, Gase led an offense with Peyton Manning, and that's the year he threw 55 touchdowns and whatnot in Denver. And Peyton Manning appraised uh, Adam Gase, and so he got the job, and he set the franchise back probably about five years, ruined the, the, uh, ruined the career of Sam Darnold, at least for now, and he's caused millions of Jets fans pain, anger, depression even. But as a Jets fan, this is nothing new. So moving on, to answer the question I began going back off my tangent, I think the Giants will probably get the win first. I don't know the Giants' schedule, but I can't imagine it's really that easy. But the entire NFC East is kind of a joke, except for the Cowboys. The Cowboys' offense is really the only dangerous part of that division. But everything else is just abysmal. So I could see uh, the Giants probably doing more, even with Saquon out. So, yeah, they got a pretty pretty hard schedule. They play the Rams next week. They play Tampa. Uh, Cincinnati's not that bad. Seattle's going to kill them. Arizona's going to kill them. Cleveland's probably going to kill them. The Ravens are going to kill them. That's 13 through 16 right there. So I don't know. Giants, not looking too good. Jets, definitely not looking too good. But um, that ends that tangent, hopefully for a while, because I I just can't. My mental health is declining minute by minute with this team. So next I'm going to get into the, speaking of Seattle's Seahawks, going to get into their quarterback. Man. Russell Wilson is absolutely killing it. I I just can't believe how freaking good he is. And he's got a solid amount of talent around him. He's got Lockett. He's had Metcalf. Even old Greg Olson is still hanging around there. He's absolutely torching the league on fire. I Granted, he has one interception Greg Olson's fault should have caught the ball but other than that he's got 14 touchdowns through three games 
and he's probably he's the best quarterback in fantasy. Because this is a fantasy football podcast, I have to incorporate that in there. But man, Russell Wilson, I think he's on pace to win MVP this year. It's definitely going to be an interesting race, being that MVP is basically a quarterback race. I could understand Kamara maybe getting some votes because he's been absolutely torching it too. He's he's really bouncing back. I'm glad to see it from Kamara. Kamara de- definitely deserves to make a comeback after a really bad last year when he was just plagued with injuries. But him, Mahomes, and Josh Allen should be an interesting MVP race if all of these players continue to produce like they've been producing. So... That wraps it up with the recap. And next, I'm going to get into my uh, results, the picks that I made uh, of back of the mind and comeback season and let you know how that went in case you are keeping track. Probably not, but I'm going to tell you how I did anyway. So to go to the results of my picks to think about, keep in mind for this week's waiver wire slash free agency and the comeback players that had a bad week we're going to bounce back so we're going to get into that to start off we're going to start off with my back of the mind players uh i had five of them uh just uh early warning i am very very new at analyzing players on fantasy so don't hate me too much this is this is the long-term outlook. Maybe not necessarily what they're going to do the previous week, but going forward. They're obviously going to have bad games, but I'm looking at long-term long-term success. Uh, just So just keep that in mind. So uh, The first guy I have is Justin Herbert. He was my quarterback pick. Uh, he went 35 for 49, had 330 yards. He had a touchdown and an interception, and he fumbled. And he ran the ball three times for 15 yards and zero touchdowns for 14.7 points. Listen, not the worst performance. He did pretty well, uh, but he was kind of disappointing if anyone started him. But um, he played a pretty good defense, I got to admit. Actually, no, he played Carolina. Carolina wasn't really that good. Carolina's defense is kind of trash, but... Um, other than the turnovers, I think he could have done better. Uh, definitely that one touchdown kind of hurt him. Uh, and being that last week he did have a rushing touchdown and did not this week really, really hurt him. So he's very touchdown dependent. And I think going forward, being that he has a sort of easier outlook, I mean, the next two weeks are going to be kind of tough at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, but then he goes to the Jets, or home for, to the Jets, Miami, Jacksonville, Las Vegas. So, And not to mention that he plays Vegas again, plays Denver twice. So I think things are looking good for Justin Herbert. Definitely probably one of the most mediocre, average kind of performances you can get as a quarterback. But not the worst, not the greatest, and he's a rookie. So he's got a couple more weeks to uh, pick it up here. So uh, the next guy I'm going to go to is Joshua Kelly to t- uh, that I told you about. He uh, didn't do as well um, as Justin Herbert, and he's pretty much one of the worst that I told you about. <laughs> so he ran the ball for eight, time, eight times for 43 yards. He had a two catches on nine yards, zero touchdowns for 5.2 points. 
Um, yeah, I guess the whole game plan with the Chargers was to just throw the ball because Eckler got numbers, Keenan Allen got numbers, and they just wanted to expose the secondary and the linebackers of the Carolina Panthers rather than expose their defensive front because their defensive front is pretty good. They got a, they just drafted a couple guys. They got Brian Burns on the edge. Um, so Carolina's defensive front is pretty good. I wouldn't be worried. I mean, he did average 5.4 yards a carry, which is pretty good. But I think if they ran the ball more and they got more goal line touches, he got more goal line touches, he would be a pretty good play. So he's definitely touchdown dependent, but he can also add – a little bit into the passing game as well. So, like I said, Chargers got a pretty nice schedule going forward, so I really wouldn't worry. Just stow him on your bench. Can't hurt. And and if he doesn't really do anything, get rid of him. That's what I like to do. So, the next player I mentioned was Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry had two catches on four targets for 34 yards. He also did add a rushing attempt for two yards. And he scored 5.6 points. This was kind of a disappointment. I was really uh, high on Nikhil Harry this week. I was actually considering playing him uh, at some point. But uh, I ended up not. And it kind of benefited me in a way. But it didn't really matter. But uh, New England really took advantage of the running game. Uh, Rex Burke had had a nice game. I'm pretty sure Sonny Michelle did okay. He had a decent uh, afternoon on Sunday. Uh, yeah, he had a, a lot of rushing yards and little attempts. But, yeah, uh, New England really took advantage of the rushing game and really just exposed in there. That's why Cam really didn't do anything either. Um, so you can't really can't really get too upset with that. He, he didn't really get the looks either. Edelman didn't do anything also. So the wide receivers of the Patriots really were – in the shadows of the running backs. So, oh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, the next player I'm talking about is Logan Thomas. He's the tight end for the Washington football team. He had four catches for 31 yards and zero touchdowns on seven targets, totaling 7.1 points. This was a kind of similar performance like he's been putting up. It was his middle performance. He's had four catches the last three weeks, probably similar amount of targets seems as if Logan Thomas is pretty touchdown dependent. He's either going to be he's going to be good if he scores a touchdown, but kind of like eh, mediocre when he doesn't. Probably not really worth stowing on your bench, uh, putting in your lineup until he proves his worth. Um, so that's it for Logan Thomas. Wouldn't really mention anything more, but you just got to see more consistency from him uh, if he gets more targets. Uh, in the red zone, touchdowns even. Uh, that's that's the key for Logan Thomas. So, And the final player that I mentioned, who was super-duper sneaky that I told you about due to the injury of Corlin Sutton and even a little bit of the injury to uh, Jerry Judy, I mentioned that K.J. Hamler was someone to think about and maybe you should not think about him because he had three catches for 30 yards on five targets and he also added a rush for negative two yards. It just doesn't really matter. But he totaled 5.8 fantasy points. Uh, again, he's a rookie, so maybe not going to produce right away. He's the slot guy. Uh, Tim Patrick ended up having one of the, the touchdowns for Denver. Uh, I'm not sure if that came from Jeff. I think that came from Jeff Driscoll. 
but he eventually got benched. Um, but a uh, quick turnaround for Denver. They play the Jets on Thursday night. Uh, looking forward to that. So, uh, again, like I said, with all of these guys, it's just the long-term outlook. I'd like to just keep them in your mind. Maybe not uh, grab them as soon as you can, but like maybe a couple of these guys on your list, yeah, you got an injury. Take a look at them, but like stow them away on your bench. Just think about them. Don't forget about them because if they blow up one time, you're going to come right crawling back to me saying, oh, Sean, you were right. I know I'm right. I'm always right. Just kidding. I'm never right. So uh, moving on to the comeback season, the recap of those players. These players did actually much better, so I can't really complain. So we're going to start off with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz went 29 for 47 with 225 yards passing. He did throw a touchdown, but he also got picked off twice. He had nine carries for 65 yards and a touchdown to tie the game, go to overtime where they eventually tied, and he scored 21.5 fantasy points. So that is a decent day for a quarterback. That is a pretty good day for a fantasy quarterback, but you could say all you want about how he did actually in the game, but that doesn't matter in the world of fantasy. In the world of fantasy, all that matters is the points. So Carson Wentz did pretty good, pretty serviceable for a fantasy quarterback. I don't know how much I would play him going forward, but Carson Wentz had a nice bounce back kind of week, and that's all you can really ask for. So uh, I don't know how he's going to do going forward. I'm sure the Eagles probably have a pretty pretty difficult schedule. But nonetheless, uh, Carson Wentz bounced back like I said he would. Um, and the next could not be the same. The next person could not have the same thing said about them. I think I think that makes sense. So the next guy I'm going to talk about is Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake had 18 carries for 73 yards, no touchdowns, and he also did add a catch for six yards, totaling 8.9 fantasy points. Uh, this was a guy that I thought would really bounce back, being that he had a nice matchup uh, against the Detroit Lions, especially at home. But, man, the whole Arizona team got bottled up by – the Detroit defense. I was kind of surprised about that. Um, Kyler Murray had a sort of nice day, like usual. DeAndre Hopkins obviously had a really nice day. But um, it was kind of interesting to see that uh, an underdog like uh, the Detroit Lions, after getting pummeled by the Green Bay Packers a week earlier, how they really bounce back, especially against a good team in the Arizona Cardinals. So Kenyon Drake did not really bounce back. I thought he would. If it was this week, this was the week to do it because going forward, they got a pretty tough schedule. They play the entire NFC, we- the NFC West. The NFC West, uh, they have to play them again. Uh, they got to play the 49ers again. Dallas, Seattle, Buffalo is not going to be easy. The Rams... Uh, the Rams twice. Um, so Kenyon Drake, I would say probably low running back to really disappointing after he was drowned, drafted as a second or third rounder, but Oh, well, Kenyon Drake, sorry. Uh, the next guy I'm going to talk about is the wide receiver that I really, that I said would bounce back and boy, did he ever, he really bounced back. Allen Robinson, once Nick Foles came into the game, Allen Robinson really took off. He had 
10 catches on 13 targets, 123 yards, and a touchdown, totaling 28.3 points. Good to see Allen Robinson finally get on the scoreboard for the first time this year, having a whole bunch of targets and actually catching a decent amount of them because in weeks prior he had high amount of targets, low amount of catches. So maybe that goes to show you that maybe Mitchell Trubisky is not the guy. Him and Nick, uh, Allen Robinson and Nick Foles really seem to uh, have the connection there. So good to see that for Allen Robinson. And the last two guys I'm going to mention um, are the tight ends for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh, Dallas Goddard really uh, was in- unfortunate because he got injured, and now they placed him on IR earlier on Tuesday. So, I mean, you can't really blame me. You can't really say that's wrong because he got hurt. He only had one catch for seven yards. But Zach Ertz put up his highest point total of the year with uh, seven catches on 70 yards uh, with 10 targets. He uh, he really uh, – sorry, for 14 points. He had the most amount of targets, most amount of catches, and most amount of yards this week or this season this week. So it was really nice to see Zach Ertz finally bounce back like he was supposed to. He just needs to get a touchdown to be like the top tight end he was drafted to be. But um, like I said, I hope you listen to me because I was actually right. Kind of surprised I was right. But nonetheless, I was right like I usually am. Just kidding. Not usually right. But that goes – that 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 wraps it up for the – uh, recap of my picks. So next, I'm going to get into the recap of my teams and tell you how I did. So to get into the recap of how my teams did, man, I just, I'm going to repeat, like I said last time, I'm just an absolute force to be reckoned with. I am destroying people left and right out here. Granted, the scores would have been a lot closer if other players didn't get hurt. But nonetheless, I still absolutely killed teams this week, going 4-0 and in all of my leagues. Uh, the two leagues that I care about the most, the CBS League and the ESPN League, uh, those, I, I can't even tell you how much I killed them. I won by a hefty, hefty amount um, in both. I was one of the top scorers of the league that week, this week, in each of those leagues. Uh, in the CBS League, I won 232.15 to 146.5. I'm now 3-0. and uh, I really got help from Keenan Allen, who had 32. Russell Wilson, who had 52. Uh, Todd Gurley, surprisingly, had a decent day. He had 15. Uh, I was thinking about benching him for Nikhil Harry. Good thing I didn't. Not like it would have mattered anyway. Uh, big disappointment with Leonard Fournette. Thought he would really do better. Um, maybe it's just the Denver defense is pretty good, and they really uh, exposed Denver through the air. Um, but hopefully, maybe Leonard Fournette can bounce back going forward. Tyler Boyd had a nice day too. Calvin Ridley usually has a nice day, and I started the Bucks defense. Got me thirty. Yeah, the the scoring in this league is a lot different than what it would normally be. I'm not sure exactly how. It's scored, but it's it. The point points are raised. Let's just put it that way. 
But my opponent in this league really got destroyed by injuries because his two starting wide receivers were Julio and Devontae Adams, and immediately they're out that I was not worried whatsoever. But um, And not to mention that his backup receivers that he had, Russell Gage and Deontay Johnson, got hurt. So that didn't help either. Um, but it was kind of a bloodbath in this one. But let me get let me tell you, not as bad as a bloodbath as the ESPN league where I just absolutely mauled the other team, two eighty three to one eleven. I won by over a hundred and seventy points, and I. It was just an absolute bloodbath. Most of my guys outprojected everything. I had a nice day from Camara, like usual. Good to see Derrick Henry start to produce like he usually would. Michael Gallup had a really nice day. Um, I also have Ridley on this team. Jonathan Taylor I also have on this team. The Colts defense was a really smart play against my New York Jets because the Jets stink. Another tip. Whenever a team plays the New York Jets, pick up the defense because most likely they're going to outperform their projections and they're going to be the number one defense in the league that week. So tip Denver defense. That will be all for the Jets. So, yeah, Dak had a really nice game. Deshaun Watson had a pretty nice game. But like I said, this guy doesn't really check his team, which is kind of a shame. It's not like he would have won anyway. Um, he had Devontae Adams in his lineup still. Um, but that's really it. He had a lot of Ravens players. He had four of his players are Ravens starting lineups are Ravens. He has Lamar as his, one of his quarterbacks, Mark Ingram, the def- Ravens defense that got him only one, and Justin Tucker. I think he's a Ravens fan. Just if you couldn't tell, pretty sure he's a Ravens fan. But he also had Metcalf who did pretty well. Um, but no one really on his bench really uh, would have done anything better for him. I think I could have maximized my point value if I didn't play Odell instead of Will Fuller. Will Fuller got 15. Odell got 9. So in both leagues, I am now 3-0. and I am, I think I'm one of the – in the CBS league, I'm definitely the only one still undefeated, which is kind of shocking being that CBS told me I had the second worst draft. Yeah, well, screw you, CBS. I'm in first place in the entire league. In the power rankings, I'm still not in first. I don't get it. My dad is, but I can't I can't get it. But I play my dad this week. That's going to be a tough matchup. The man who introduced me to fantasy himself, father versus son, matchup of the year. Two best teams in the league, I would say. Definitely two best teams in the division. I'm definitely a little nervous for this um, for this game just because he, he knows his stuff. But, um, yeah, so I got a tough matchup with him coming up. He's got Kamara and Henry. He's also got Thielen, Gallup, uh, Josh Allen. But uh, he's got a lot of his guys hurt, like me. And hopefully Michael Thomas can come back. But that's just a quick preview of that. Uh, in the other league, in the ESPN league, I'm pretty sure no one stands a chance against me. I'm the most elite fantasy football player in that league. Sorry if you're listening from that league. Let's just face facts. <laughs> no, I'm just 
I'm capping. But seriously, be aware of me. I'm going to win. I'm going to destroy you. But nevertheless, that wraps up the recap of my team of week three. And the next segment I'm going to get into is the world-famous Deuce of the Week. So for Deuce of the Week, we have some pretty interesting nominees here. Uh, Definitely a lot of guys to choose from. If you're unaware of what Deuce of the Week is, it is the player that best represents the worst performance of the week with high expectations. So a player that's supposed to do really good, and he poops the bed, so to speak. So I choose a position from quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, one from each, and I put them together, and I pick a winner. So the quarterback nominee I have for Juice of the Week is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson went 15 of 28 for 97 yards. He threw a touchdown. Uh, he fumbled, and he added nine carries on 83 yards. Not a shocker. And he he put up 14.8 point. Point one, 14.18 fantasy points. I can't talk. The running back nominee I had was Josh Jacobs. He had 16 carries for 71 yards. He also added three catches for 12 yards and totaled 9.3 fantasy points. Definitely thought Josh Jacobs would do a little better. Didn't. Oh, well. The wide receiver I have is Julian Edelman. He had... Two catches for 23 yards and six targets. He also added a rush for negative one yards for 4.2 fantasy points. Like I said earlier, the Patriots' passing game really wasn't effective at all. It was more of the rushing game. So take it as you want. And the tight end nominee for Juice of the Week is Tyler Higbee. He had two catches for 40 yards on two targets. He also converted a two-point conversion, and he had eight points. So... Uh, after he scored a massive three touchdowns, definitely wouldn't think he would do the same thing the week after, but you would think maybe he would do something a little better, or maybe not a little better, but be a little more consistent, maybe score a touchdown, have add a couple catches. Psych, said Tyler Higby, and he completely stunk the bed. So the winner of week three, deuce of the week, is Lamar Jackson, Second Raven in a row to win it. What's going on there? Now, but uh, Lamar Jackson, 97 passing yards is definitely not good. Um, against the Chiefs defense, that's all right. It's not bad, but it's definitely not one of the premier defenses of the league. But you got to wonder, like, what's going on there? Um, Lamar Jackson had a bad game. Hopefully he can bounce back next week when um, – the Baltimore Ravens take on the who are they playing next week I wrote it down oh the Washington football team on the road so hopefully he can bounce back next week because definitely this performance does not represent Lamar Jackson whatsoever I think this is one of the worst performance of Lamar Jackson's career especially as a number one drafted quarterback in fantasy one or two depending on who you look at but hopefully Lamar Jackson can bounce back next week and Hopefully he does not win another Deuce of the Week. So that wraps it up for Deuce of the Week. And next I will be getting into the Cash and Trash of the Week. So just a little 
cash and trash here for you. Uh, I like to mention more positivity on this podcast. So I have more cash players than I do have trash players. I have two or three cash and maybe one trash player. So like I always do, I'm going to start off with the quarterbacks. Great quarterback play this week. Really guys who just absolutely killed it. So the first guy I have on here is Pat Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes threw 31 passes for he uh, attempted 42, 385 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers, four, and he added um, four rushes for 26 yards and a touchdown for a whopping 40 points. That's the Patrick Mahomes we always like to see. That's the Patrick Mahomes that's drafted. You sometimes in the first round. Um, I know a few people that drafted Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Only Patrick Mahomes, right? So next I'm going to talk about Russell Wilson. Like I said earlier, Russell Wilson completed 27 passes out of 40 attempts for 315 yards, five touchdowns, and he also added six rushing attempts for 22 yards for totaling a whopping 36.8 points. Hashtag let Russ cook. And the third quarterback that I'm going to mention is Josh Allen. Josh Allen had 24 completions on 33 attempts for 311 yards. Uh, He threw for four touchdowns, did fumble, did throw a pick. But he also didn't really do much with his legs like usual. Uh, He had four attempts for eight yards, but he did score a touchdown. And he told 31.24 points. So really excellent job by the quarterbacks this week. Not many disappointments like we like to see. We always like to see guys that overachieve rather than underachieve. More scoring, more fun. That's like that's what I like to say. So moving on to the running backs to start off. You know who I'm going to start off with. I start off with this guy every week. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara had... Six carries for 56 yards and zero touchdowns, but, oh, wait till you hear his catching receptions, reception numbers. Yeah, that. (laughs) Uh, He had 13 13 catches, 139 yards, and two touchdowns, totaling 44.7 points. Alvin Kamara just absolutely put on a show on Sunday night against Green Bay like he usually does. Like I said earlier, it's good to see Alvin Kamara back to the way he usually is. The next running back I'm going to talk about is Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler added 12 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. He also caught a lot of passes. He caught 11 passes for 84 yards, though he did not score a touchdown. Nevertheless, he scored 31.3 fantasy points. Dominant performance by Eckler, smoking a Carolina Panthers defense. And the final running back I'm going to talk about James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had 11 carries for 46 yards, two touchdowns. He also caught six passes for 83 yards, zero touchdowns, and he totaled 30.9 fantasy points. So the constant uh, constant pattern here for running backs, look at their receiving numbers. 13, 139, 2, 11-84, 6-83, and they're all the top scorers of the week. So keep that in mind. The dual threat running backs are the wave, like the dual threat quarterbacks who can run the ball. 
just more outlets to add fantasy points to. So guys who can catch the football and run the football are highly, highly, highly valuable. Just keep that in mind. So going on to the wide receivers, love to see big games from the wide receivers. And we had a really big game from this guy, Tyler Lockett. He had nine catches on 13 targets for 100 yards and a whopping three touchdowns. One, two, three touchdowns for 37 points. Tyler Lockett just absolutely smoked a terrible Cowboys defense in a wild shootout. That game was awesome to watch. Uh, I didn't I didn't catch the end of it, uh, but it was a really great game to watch. Um, hopefully, Tyler Lockett can keep this up and help the Let Russ Cook movement. The next wide receiver is kind of a shocker. Didn't really see this guy really performing. Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. He had seven catches on nine targets, 175 yards, and he added a touchdown for 30 and a half points. Kind of shocking. Came out of left field from Justin Jefferson. This is not the last time we will talk about Je- Justin Jefferson's name on this podcast. Ooh, a hint. Uh, so... Good for Justin Jefferson, and we'll we'll move on to the next guy. The next guy is uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, boy, did he have a game. He had 13 catches on a whopping 19 targets for 132 yards and one touchdown. He totaled 30.2 fantasy points. Good to see this from Keenan Allen. He's been kind of injury-prone over the last few years really becoming that solid, solid number one receiver that a young quarterback in Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert, wrong Justin, Justin Herbert needs in order to develop and become a franchise quarterback like he was drafted to be this past draft. So moving on to the tight ends, only one tight end. Uh, no one really had a solid performance but a t- for the tight ends. But nevertheless, we have Travis Kelsey, who had six catches on seven targets, 87 yards, zero touchdowns. He had 14.7 points. Pretty good game for Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, so you can't really complain much there. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs really just spread the ball out all over the place. So good to see Travis Kelsey staying consistent. So, moving on to the trash list, uh, I picked one player from each team, not mentioned in Deuce of the Week, because Deuce of the Week is just, uh want to mention different guys. So, the quarterback I have was Gardner Minshew. Minshew Mania threw 30 passes, completed 30 passes. He threw 42 times, 275 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick, one fumble, and he added some... A little bit with his legs, three carries for 22 yards. He scored 9.2 points. So Minshew Mania was not having it on Thursday night against Miami. Really a shame. Uh, The running back I have here is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had 17 carries for 49 yards, and he added two catches for 16, totaling 8.5 fantasy points. And again, a really disappointing day for Joe Mixon. Uh, that's a lot of carries, and to only get 49 yards out of that, that's not really that good. Um, and he didn't really do much in the passing game either. 
Um, Joe Mixon is a really talented running back, but it it all depends on the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, and it doesn't look like they're really helping him out there. So an, uh, the wide receiver I have on this list is Odell Beckham Jr., a.k.a. Poop Boy. Poop Boy had four catches on six targets for 59 yards, and he scored nine point nine points so yeah Odell Beckham Jr. uh did not have a another solid performance uh compared to his last game against Cincinnati uh he he really is starting to decline a little bit I would be worried if I have Odell Beckham Jr. I have Odell Beckham Jr. I'm starting to worry about it a little bit starting to think not to play him some weeks but I guess it really all depends on matchups. And probably one of the most biggest disappointments this week, tight end, Darren Waller. Darren Waller had two catches for nine yards on four targets, and he totaled 2.9 fantasy points. Um, Darren Waller had a terrible performance after his performance against the Saints where he just absolutely shredded the Saints. Not happening with New England, though. New England was all over him. Uh, New England was really all over the the Raiders to begin with. It wasn't really that close. But so that wraps it up for cash and trash. Uh, the next segment is cue it up. Stop the cap. Stop the cap. <laughs> Stop the cap right now. That's right. That's right. Your favorite segment, Stop the Cap. This is the segment where I talk about guys that had an outstanding performance that happened really out of nowhere. And I analyze it and tell you if it's cap or no cap, whether it was just a fluke or maybe look for it to happen again. We'll see. We got four guys on the list this week, kind of guys that kind of guys that had performances that Really shocked the whole football world. So we're going to start off with Cedric Wilson, the wide receiver for the America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Don't know how true that is, but everybody calls them America's team. Don't hate me, please. Uh, Cedric Wilson had five catches on seven targets for 107 yards and two touchdowns, totaling 27.7 points. And the verdict on this one is clearly cap. The Dallas Cowboys offense is loaded. So I see this as a fluky game. They got Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, Dallas Schultz, Dalton Schultz, not Dallas, Dalton Schultz, and even Zeke who can catch passes out of the backfield. So I smell cap on this one. Don't look for Cedric Wilson to do that again. Uh, Like I said, just a fluke. So the next guy that I'm going to talk about is someone who I mentioned earlier. Hmm, who could that be? Justin Jefferson. Like I said earlier, Justin Jefferson had seven catches on nine targets for 175 yards and a touchdown totaling 30.5 points. What's the verdict on this one, you might ask? Well, thanks for asking. I smell cap on this one, too. Justin Jefferson, uh... Nobody saw this coming. He was shadowed by Malcolm Butler most of the day. Malcolm Butler is uh, all right cornerback. He's been kind of declining ever since he got traded 
uh, not maybe not traded, but gone to uh, the Titans. Not the same player, but Justin Jefferson. I smell a cap on a little bit of this one. Um, moving on to the next guy who didn't really put up big numbers in the entire game, but looking at the total amount that he played and what he produced in that time he played, you can uh, you can understand why I picked, put this guy on here, and it's Nick Foles. Nick Foles had 16 completions out of 29 attempts for 188 yards, three touchdowns, and he threw a pick. And he only did that in under a half of football. He did that. He he got put into the game in about sometime in the third quarter after Mitch Trubisky got benched. And he put up 17.22 fantasy points in less than a half of a game. So the verdict on this one is cap, but I'm a little hesitant here. I got to see more of Nick Foles. Because we've seen this before in other teams. We've seen it with the Eagles. We've seen it with Jacksonville a little bit. We've seen it with Kansas City, the Rams, all those teams. He might have a good game one week and then completely stink the next week. So just something to look out for. The final guy on this list is Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead had six carries for 49 yards and two touchdowns. And he also added seven catches for 49 yards and one touchdown. He scored 34.8 fantasy points. And the verdict on this one maybe surprise you, maybe doesn't. I smell cap. Uh, only because you can't really trust New England running backs. That's been a case in point for a matter of years now, whether they've had Sonny Michelle, they've had... James White, even now when he comes back from that terrible, terrible loss of his father and his mother's also in the hospital. Hope James White's family is doing all right. Hopefully he can get back soon. Um, praying for him, thinking of him. But uh, Rex Burkhead is someone who was actually kind of supposed to have a good game. I heard someone say that look for Rex Burkhead to kind of be a sleeper this week and I was like eh, I don't know I'm a little skeptical of that they proved me wrong they were right props to whoever that was on Twitter good for you but um, yeah you can't really trust New England running backs because they just use anyone and everyone and it's a true running back by committee in New England so I mean if you want to store Rex Burkhead on your bench maybe Sonny Michelle gets hurt Maybe James White is out for longer than expected. You never know. But I smell cap on Rex Burkhead, and that's the first time we've had cap on all four of these guys. So, woo. Um, next and finally, we will be moving to our free agent pickups for the week going into week four. Okay, so to start off our final segment, we have waiver slash free agency pickups. Um, just a couple guys that I think you should kind of take a look at. Probably be the top top pickups of this week going into week four. So to start off, I have quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, shocker, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's had a really solid last two games against Jacksonville and Buffalo. Really good defense in Buffalo. 
Um, he's really been clicking with offensive coordinator Chan Gailey, who he was with in Buffalo and New York. Um, so I see Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a bad streaming option going forward. Um, another quarterback I like is Jared Goff. Jared Goff isn't in a lot of leagues. I mean, in two quarterback leagues, obviously he probably would be. But if you need a backup quarterback like you have, like me, Gardner Minshew, I'm thinking about picking up Jared Goff just to start playing him. He's been really consistent ever since. And I think Jared Goff is a pretty good option going forward. So next we have the running backs. Uh, I'm very, very interested. And shout out to my friend Ethan, who called this out on his podcast last week. Um, He mentioned Jeff Wilson Jr. And Jeff Wilson Jr. had a really nice day against the Giants. Granted, it's the Giants, but he looked awesome, especially – um, with Jarek McKinnon supposedly being injured. Raheem Mostert isn't supposed to come back soon. And Tevin Coleman looks to be out for a while also. Jeff Wilson Jr. could probably start to get the most most of the carries going forward. So I like Jeff Wilson Jr. probably the most out of anyone on this list. The rest are kind of just like, uh, guys, you could probably stream, maybe keep on your bench. But um, So going forward... Next running back we have is Brian Hill of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, He looked kind of nice whenever Todd Gurley wasn't in the game. As a Todd Gurley owner, I was starting to worry a little bit that Brian Hill scored that touchdown, and that's it it with Todd Gurley. But no, Todd Gurley came in, scored his own touchdown. So we live on for another week. But if Todd Gurley gets hurt, Brian Hill is his handcuff. So... I would even own Brian Hill now because I um, I think Todd Gurley is kind of starting to decline. He didn't really look good other than that touchdown run that he had on Sunday. Doesn't really add much to the passing game, and Brian Hill does. So I think Brian Hill is a nice option sort of going forward. The next guy I like on the running backs is probably my second favorite guy on this list. It's Miles Gaskin of the Miami Dolphins. Now that he's established himself mostly as the lead back in that offense, I think Miles Gaskin is a solid, solid backup, even probably flex uh, and maybe, maybe a running back too, depending on if you really need him. But he's a good backup guy to have uh, in case one of your guys is injured or whatever it may be. So moving on to the receivers, Uh, I have Greg Ward of the Philadelphia Eagles. He looked really nice in last week's game against uh, Cincinnati, and especially now that Zach Ertz is really the only target, really the only playmaker on that offense. Uh, The main pass catcher, now that Goddard's out, uh, Greg Greg Ward was starting to get some looks late in that game. And I could see Greg Ward as a solid pickup this week in case you need somebody to pick up. So uh, the second wide receiver I have on this list is Brandon Ayuk, the rookie from San Francisco. He also looked really good, and I can see him starting to pick it up. Um, He's got a real connection with Nick Mullins. Uh, He's been injured a lot of this year. So um, it's good to see Brandon Ayuk finally producing after finally getting on the field um, so that he can um, score some fantasy points. 
and be a top option until Debo gets back. But um, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, I like Brandon Ayuk. And the final guy on this list is got a funny name. Got to be honest, it's a really funny name. He should be on the Key and Peel East West Bowl, and it's the tight end from the Indianapolis Colts, Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> Mo Alley Cox. No, but um, he's one of those guys that's starting to take the lead role of tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Jack Doyle has been kind of on and off injured. He's kind of always been injury prone and also not really fantasy reliable. Um, so now that also Michael Pittman is also out, uh, I can see Mo Alley Cox getting a lot of targets in the red zone, being that he's just that big body that Phillip Rivers can look to. Uh, within the 20-yard line. So I really like Mo Alley-Cox. He's just probably touchdown dependent. But if he gets those red zone targets, that shouldn't really be a problem. So that wraps it up for the waiver pickups. Well, that just about does it on Episode 3 of the NBN Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Thank you if you've stayed the entire way. I really appreciate it. Um, look for another episode on Friday this time I promise it will be on time Um, I just had a lot of stuff to do today that's my fault so if you're still listening to this thank you stay tuned for the next episode of the NBN fantasy football podcast where I recap Thursday night football and preview the week ahead in week four so with that being said the amateur expert is signing off Thank you, and have a good one. Clock's taking time is over. Before you know you're older. So sober, alone. Look, you get in my cold shoulder. You crying like it's rain. You causing all the pain. No closure, I'm colder. You getting nothing, Joker. Get down.